0: Welcome back, explorers, to Our Diverse Universe, a podcast that explores relationship anarchy, neurodiversity, queerness, and the intersectionality of it all. My name is Kay.
1: And I'm Teresa. And in today's episode, we are going to discuss neurodivergence and relationships, specifically relationship anarchy. Yeah. Yeah. So we've noticed that a high number of individuals in queer and alternative relationship spaces are neurodivergent. Which really makes a lot of sense to us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to break down some reasons why we think that is and how we see this reflected in ourselves and in our own relationships. Um, I am also going to start by saying I'm feeling a little under the weather, so (laughs) if my voice um, (laughs) sounds a little strange or I, I don't know, um, (laughs) can't edit out a cough or something, sorry about that. Um, I'm doing the best that I can. We delayed recording a couple of days (laughs) because I wasn't feeling super great, but um, yeah, we didn't want to miss um, releasing episodes on time for you guys, so
0: Yeah. 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 And if we sound a little loopy because uh one of us is high on the full moon, the other is <laughs> high on cold medicine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or loopier than usual, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> That's cool. you <We> like it. <laughs> hopefully
1: you'll enjoy the silly side of us oh yeah um so to anchor this discussion i think i'd like to return to the relationship anarchy manifesto and take a look at it through a neurodivergent lens Uh, i really think that a lot of the tenants line up with neurodivergent needs and give the opportunity for healing some areas where uh, neurodivergent people have wounding
0: yeah definitely and if you are still curious or would like a refresher on what the relationship manifesto is uh we did actually cover it in our very first episode so go check that out
1: yeah um so we're going to briefly review some of the tenants today but for a a deeper look at that manifesto go back to that episode um so specifically i would like to look at um, these tenants so we're going to talk about finding your core set of relationship values um, changing through communication, uh, build for the lovely unexpected. Mm. Uh, I know you love that one. You <laughs> love that. I <laughs> you just love, love it. the phrasing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, customizing our commitments and truth is better Um, so those are just a few of the tenants that we really kind of like deeper dived into um, what they mean in that first episode Um, and today we're gonna look at how that kind of intersects with neurodivergent needs, like specifically our needs, um, Mm -hmm. and how that's connected to um, our neurodivergence and some of the things that we talked about in our last episode Mm -hmm. um, regarding autism and ADHD. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So I'd like to start off with this idea of like finding your core set of relationship values. Um, so it's something I think that we had started touching on last week is um, part of unmasking and um, healing wounds around having to mask is um, really breaking down what your individual values are.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely. And those values can be, and I speak for myself, uh, sometimes uh, against the societal norms.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah from time to time. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Time to time, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> On occasion. <laughs> On occasion, sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so I think that the value in, in this, specifically for neurodivergent people, is that um, especially when we are late identified, we have uh, gone through a lot of our lives masking. And that means uh, a lot of our lives have been spent adopting other people's values as our own um in order to kind of like fit in and yeah. find our sense of belonging.
0: Yeah, and to overcompensate. And I know that I have myself experienced undue pressure mm-hmm. in that compensation. And I've also heard from other partners that um identify on the neurodivergence spectrum that it did. It put so much pressure on them to fit into this box of what they thought they should be in a relationship and what they should be looking for in a relationship and what they should be achieving in the relationship itself
1: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and i think that this relates to not just relationships but even our own like sense of identity and our sense of selves oh right? definitely yeah is that we end up just kind of um uh, Adopting those, those relationship values or, or even just um, life values from other people, right? Like mm-hmm. a, a lot of um, masked autistics are referred to as kind of chameleons, right? And mm-hmm. being able to kind of like shape shift and, and whatnot. And so we may not have a real sense of what our own values are. Um, because we're so used to just kind of like reflecting what other people's values are and and learn we've learned how to like kind of play this role for other people
0: yeah yeah and I mean we've known from experience that uh, when you pretend too long cracks happen yeah and things start breaking down and then that breakdown is very messy and then you end in burnout and burnout in relationships is a special flavor of burnout
1: <laughs> yeah it totally is, mm-hmm. and it become can become like really destructive.
0: Yes, right? oh, definitely mm-hmm. self destructive and like outwardly destructive mm-hmm. for the people that you're dating or the people just within relationships, like not even romantically, just platonically too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can speak to, like I've had platonic relationships and in really destructive ways, unfortunately, in the past, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this is where you can start seeing, um, you know, I don't want to go too far down that road, but um, we've mentioned in the past, like borderline personality disorder and Mm -hmm. um, stemming from like attachment trauma and that sort of thing. I think that that these things these concepts are kind of linked, right? Oh, and,
0: yeah, there's definitely a lot of overlap here.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, but I want to I want to stay on like neurodivergence and um, in in regard to like ADHD and autism and um, and relationship anarchy, so I'll, I'll bump myself back in. <laughs> into, <laughs> Come back lane. here <laughs> into the right <laughs> lane. Um but yeah, so in order in order to really um Uh, participate in in relationship anarchy or alternative relationship styles you have to know what you value Um, Mm -hmm. and so this um, encourages people to really do the work of kind of stripping away your mask and Mm -hmm. identifying like what what are my wants and needs? What are my basic boundaries Mm -hmm. um, and expectations when it comes to relationships? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that offers an opportunity for a lot of healing for uh, especially, I think, late identified neurodivergent people.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like I know through my relationships and through developing my own set of boundaries and expectations and Over the years with the help of the people i've dated or the people i've i've developed relationships with and it's really it's so it's like it gives me a different sense of community and support when Mm -hmm. it's almost like together we can like figure out what best suits us individually and throw away all of these like prescribed expectations that we've grown up with or that we've felt like we've had to subscribe to yeah
1: absolutely um and I think it's funny uh, we we've had a lot of conversations um, over the years about like uh, monogamy and mononormativity and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so when we like casually refer to kind of like expectations, I think that that's what we we're referring to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I think I just wanted to make that a little more explicitly clear for our listeners that, um, right there are, if you will, I'm sure we'll tackle this in an episode probably pretty soon. Uh, cause I would like to talk about things like the relationship escalator.
0: Yes. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. We just, uh, yeah yeah
1: Mm -hmm. Mm (laughs) um yeah and um and so i think that 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 to be more explicit is kind of what Kay is referring to as things like um expectations that exist around the relationship escalator and how your relationships are quote-unquote supposed to look yeah um, on a timeline on a trajectory right these are the things um societally we have kind of like markers of what a uh I don't know long-term or successful relationship look like.
0: Oh, definitely, yeah. And to stop you right there, like the the how we view success in a relationship too. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like I think I love how you say it's not about time; it's about depth. Mm-hmm, I yeah. love that concept because it's so true. Like you, know, I have, <clears throat> I have had relationships that have been longer um, and not as deep as some relationships I've had short you know like it just I don't know it it is about depth it's not necessarily about that escalator sometimes and then also sometimes it is in a weird way and it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be bad yeah I think um yeah, absolutely
1: and, and again, not to put value judgments on things, mm-hmm, right like things mm-hmm. are not good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just being aware of yeah. this is this is kind of like what we're fed this is this is yeah. the default that we're shown, mm-hmm. um, knowing that you don't have to choose that default, and then if you do make that choice, like that's fine. there's nothing wrong with that, yeah, um it's just that you go into things with your eyes wide open,
0: yeah. Right. And
1: like, and, and knowing what you're choosing and, and being able to, if you've already like made those choices, being able to like have the awareness of like taking a step back, looking at it for what it is, and then evaluating, does this line up with what my values are? Um, Because, you know, you got to like continually evaluate (laughs) your life and make sure that it's still good and working for you. Um, Yeah. And that every, everything is essentially changeable uh, to some degree
0: yeah definitely yeah i know this uh within the past few years that has been a big um a big check-in for me in my own and like internal check-in like am i doing this thing because i want it Mm -hmm. i'm not doing it because i feel like i need to or i'm obligated to i have a a very hard boundary within one of my relationships that we never do anything out of obligation and actually Mm -hmm. came from uh, a part that he uses in his other relationships uh never doing anything out of obligation always doing something out of your true desire. Yeah. And as long as you're doing as long as you're riding whatever escalator roller coaster whatever you want to call it as long as you're riding it because you want to ride it. Yeah. Go fucking do you do you.
1: Yeah, having that like awareness and intentionality in yes. what we do in our relationships. <laughs> um and I think not just in our relationships in our lives is really important. Oh, for sure, yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that's why, right? Like, I think that um, for kind of relationship anarchy or these like alternative relationship styles um, forces us to do that depth work and looking mm-hmm. at our values and, and making sure that we're like staying in line and integrating that moving forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think that that's really good for neurodivergent people.
0: Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah.
1: Um, the next tenant that I'd like to look at is um, that change through communication. And we talked a lot uh, in the last episode about how, uh, especially for autistic people, uh, communication is um, not challenging, I don't know, um, different, right? Like we have a different style of communicating.
0: Yes, definitely. And the concept of subtext that we touched upon last episode, too. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That just drives me bonkers.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so we really like crave a, a more direct style of communication we seek to like understand things
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um and so um i think that um right like forcing this communication piece is also really uh great for Mm -hmm. neurodivergent people where we like we want the expectation to be everything is kind of like laid out and clarified and and we understand things
0: Yeah. And like very direct, a direct form of communication, like you Mm -hmm. said, like emphasize and direct, like if you want something, tell me and then I will try and make accommodations or we'll meet in the middle somewhere. Um, I personally just do not do well with, okay, what did you say? (laughs) Like, Like, please tell me, is this what you want? Because then I'll figure it out. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Like, I can handle anything as long as I, um, as it's direct and I can yeah. understand and, like, wrap my head around
0: it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, like, indirect. It's, like, wait a minute, I'm confused. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Um,
0: and I think, um,
1: so the the manifesto and part of what we talked about in, in episode one as well talks about um, that this communication has to be, like, radically from the heart. Right? yes oh um, yeah and so there is something i think also when we've had late identified neurodivergent humans autistic adhd what have you that are used to masking um mm-hmm. and feeling really afraid of being authentically ourselves mm-hmm. um getting getting into these relationships that require authenticity right? yes. That the success is really determined on the level of authenticity and transparency you're willing to provide to the relationship mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is an, a, another huge opportunity for healing um, yes. and to engage in the unmasking process um, and you know, part of the reason why people end up reflexively masking, um, part of the reason I ended up reflexively masking is because it didn't feel safe to be myself um, in relation to other people. Right. And so and then that in turn um, meant that I started to mask even when I was alone by myself because it started to feel unsafe to unmask and in, in any way, because then I would like judge myself for yeah. for my unmasked self. Right. I would have that like internalized sense of yeah. um being mean
0: to yeah well and the the gaslighting runs deep <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely,
1: absolutely. And, just, yeah.
0: and just like wait a minute like if you were told i and i say this from my own growing up childhood experiences if you're told that you are too sensitive or too this or too loud or too you stop being those things mm-hmm. and you start gaslighting yourselves in situations when you're older and you're like oh wait but Maybe I was too loud. I was yeah. probably too loud, or I was probably mm-hmm. being dramatic. Yeah. I'm probably being too sensitive, or it shouldn't bother me as much. And like, that's hurtful. Mm-hmm. That's hurtful to our childhood selves.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so you like perpetuate this yeah. this like trauma against yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And so and so in the unmasking process, right? So not only do you have to like start unmasking around yourself right and and offering compassion to yourself around that um this this concept of change through communication radical communication with other people um means that ultimately the the biggest sense of healing is going to come from being able to unmask in front of other people and have them accept that
0: yeah um
1: and part of the way to do that is that you have to like communicate to other people what your experience is um, in a transparent and vulnerable way.
0: Yeah. And that's so uncomfortable. Oh, so <laughs> it's, don't like it. Uh, do not like. <laughs> I remember. Oh my gosh. I remember the first time that uh, one of my partners recognized or told me that he recognized one of my like stims or one of my and i was like mm-hmm. i was like wait what you oh no you saw me. i was like you oh. you saw that wait no like i was oh. like what like he's like oh yeah right off the bat and i was like mm-hmm. oh no i was like uncomfortable and like yeah. you said like that reflexive like mask that immediately i was like oh no okay well i have to be more aware of this i was like no i'm just like i don't give a fuck like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can watch me stand you can watch me jump and bounce and do whatever you know because i feel comfortable and although it's uncomfortable to to peel back those layers it's ultimately for the best like i always want all of my relationships in any capacity to see me in all of my all of my ways, mm-hmm. all of the w- ways in I want them to see me in in very, very happy overstemmed and, you know, like an overstimmed in a negative way. Like I want I don't know. I just there's a transparency there and there's a intimacy there, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. and And intimacy builds like safety and and connection and, yeah
0: and like, trust too yeah. it's like mm-hmm. i get i i will show you the vulnerable parts of me and you could show me the vulnerable parts of you and together we'll be messy humans and mm-hmm. that's all i want yeah yeah
1: absolutely um and there is a need to be like explicit in mm in (laughs) your communication right Mm -hmm. in in this kind of relationship style Mm -hmm. um and i think that that feels really good for neurodivergent people also Mm -hmm. um because i think for a lot of us it feels so bad to have to like edit ourselves or to try to like to have to hide pieces of ourselves, it feels inauthentic.
0: Oh, right? definitely, yeah. And yeah. I, oh my god, and that's the worst. I truly can test. It's just I like hate just saving face, like keeping mm-hmm. face. Oh yeah. my god, it's like the most uncomfortable thing for me, like in social situations. And oh, a, yeah. Mm, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, I will. Kate does not like that. No. Mm-mm, mm-mm.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh huh. Um, yeah, and so this, and so this, like, communication from the heart, right, also means that, um, communication has to be, um, not only, uh, designed to, like, solve problems, uh, but is ongoing, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think that that is really good for, um, kind of, especially late-identified neurodivergent people who are often, um, you know, I've, I've made, I've noticed, I'll say anti- anecdotally, because I don't know if there's any like research around this, but I've mm-hmm. noticed that a lot of late identified neurodivergent people have, um, have some insecure attachment, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think that this need for, you know, um, regular radical communication and to, like, um, uh, <laughs> ongoing transparency Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um really helps to uh counteract that insecure attachment right like well uh, yeah gives you that opportunity to like regularly check in and know where it is that you stand with that other person
0: yeah i mean and correct me if i'm wrong but like a big pillar of helping heal insecure attachments is consistency with Mm -hmm. that trust and showing again and again that the person will either be there or will show up or will you know validate in certain ways
1: yeah yeah that they'll like come they'll meet you halfway they'll come Mm -hmm. to the table and whatnot yeah with that like consistency and predictability yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah um, so this next tenet um, is that that build for the lovely unexpected.
0: Yay! <laughs>
1: Kay really loves. <laughs> so I love like spontaneity
0: and like, but also like uh, I Teresa and I differ on this. I feel like I am okay with living in limbo in certain aspects of I'm relationships. I'm also okay. <laughs> with
1: certain aspects.
0: Certain aspects. <laughs> yeah. Certain aspects. But like other aspects, yes, we need. I, I personally need a little bit more. Uh, boundaries boxes rigidity mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it um but yeah build for the lovely unexpected
1: mm-hmm. yeah and i think um i think that this tenant plays to a couple of different pieces um i think that this is really great for um the adhd piece mm-hmm. yes. of like meeting <laughs> like new exciting novelty. variety novelty yeah <laughs> um being able to like express yourself right like mm. um adhd folk are often like so colorful and and, <laughs> and creative right but by, mm-hmm. by colorful mm-hmm. i mean like creative yeah. and not that and not that autists aren't because they definitely also are mm-hmm. um and like the overlap is very high there's yeah. the, the prevalence of adhd in in <laughs> autism is yeah, very high.
0: yeah, the combo platter um,
1: that is the combo platter. Um, and so I think having a relationship that is, um is like anchored and provides the the room for spontaneity and play um mm. and to be able to like, break out of those shoulds Mm. um is really really good for um neurodivergent folk i think honestly but for both autistic and adhd folk um yeah just like that ability to kind of like be playful and spontaneous and whatnot
0: within these relationships um can be really healing definitely yeah and healing to like not only the adult version of you but the child
1: the mm-hmm, yeah. child
0: in you too like I like a big pillar and I mentioned in the very beginning of our podcast when we talked about uh like our uh what we want in a relationship like play is like a huge thing for me mm-hmm. and I love that in my relationships currently I can have many variations of play and mm-hmm. it like fills me with such like happiness and joy like I can go out and be silly and, and just like be myself in all my authentic ways
1: yeah play is i think a great human connector mm-hmm. and you think about childhood and like that is how you build connections with yes. other kids was like you didn't care you just went up to them and were like can i play
0: with you yeah yes. <laughs> you be my friend let's yeah, play let's play <laughs> and
1: i saw a tweet recently i don't know like a couple of weeks ago it was circulating that was like the same it was like i'm gonna stop asking to hang out i'm gonna ask if you want to go play yeah. like and that's that is really what i like desire in my relationships is mm. this element of like i want to have this like excitement and wonder um mm. as a part of my relationships even if it's mundane like yeah. we can we can make coffee <laughs> with wonder we can we can incorporate that into these like everyday simple things yeah
0: there's magic in the mundane yeah. sometimes
1: you have you have to put magic in the mundane oh, that's what sure. i think at least oh that's, yeah that's
0: mm-hmm. well magic is created like yeah. mm-hmm. we create it in everything yes. that we do
1: yeah absolutely yeah yeah and so i also really like this idea um within building for the lovely unexpected of um Organizing your relationships based on a wish to like meet and explore the other person mm. um, And I think that that um, gives space for the the multifacetedness that is often in neurodivergent people as well mm-hmm. um, and that concept of like I I could like forever explore you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um,
1: because you are going to be forever changing and so am I.
0: Yes. Um, and uh, and to allow space and cultivate space for your other people to yeah. explore and grow and change and evolve and to find wonder in like the new person that they're becoming too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, I love that. Oh.
1: Yeah. And, um, and I think that this helps me too um so like when when my people are engaging in relationships with other people right i think that this helps me because i know that they are going to grow in some way right like they're going that relationship is going to initiate some some new thing for them that then they're going to bring back to our relationship and share. Oh yes. And it like makes space for, for more. And so I think that that is a way that I've found to, um to even like ease when i'm having difficult emotions around mm-hmm. um one of my people like spending time with another person right and like we talked about jealousy that's an ex- that's an emotion i like still experience um or whatnot that's something that i can use to like ease myself as like oh but like what are they gonna like learn <laughs> based on that interaction or like what are they gonna bring back to to me for like hour um, to integrate into like our play or like our our
0: dialogues or
1: whatever yeah, yeah. it's
0: about it's about the expansion
1: mm-hmm. yeah. and
0: rather than the like uh just like the two-dimensionality yeah
1: uh-huh and yeah it doesn't have to like take away in fact I can find ways that it's like an add to to my experience
0: oh definitely i say it all the time i and i mean i truly believe we are all made up of bits and pieces of the people in our lives and the closer the people are in our orbit the more I don't know the more we learn and grow like I love when my partners will just talk shop about random shit and I'm like please I'm like please tell me and they're like oh my gosh I'm sorry I'm boring I'm boring you're like oh I'm sorry I'm like no I learn so much like talk to me about your passions yes (laughs) I learn so much and I love like being like, Oh, yeah, this is something I know about this. And they'll be like, Why do you know? Oh, because so and so told me about it, or like, they've just, Uh you know, I just I love I pride myself on knowing a little bit about a lot of things. And definitely this uh, being a relationship anarchist has uh, fueled my, (laughs) my need for all the random knowledge.
1: Yeah, because when you go in to your relationships with this, like, genuine sense of, like, wanting to know that person, that yeah. like, I want to know what your passions are. Like, yeah. talk to me about them. Yeah. Nothing is, like, nothing is boring. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Do I play video games? Not really. Do I know a bunch of people who play video games? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do I know a lot about videos? Yeah. Do I know a lot about random, (laughs) random camera equipment? Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot about a lot of things. Psychology, Jungian psychol—like I know a shit ton about a lot of stuff. Uh huh. Call me if you need help on Jeopardy. I got you.
1: I really love how a lot of autistic people are like really great trivia people in general. Oh, yeah. And so part of it is just like, yeah, give me more data for my Please. weird trivia brain.
0: Please. Oh, my gosh. Random facts? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Please speak random facts to me. Mm-mm.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so this next one um, is customizing your commitments, right? Oh. Yeah.
0: I feel um, like this is the biggest personally.
1: Yeah. Why don't you like go, big, go for Wait it. me? Tell, oh tell more. my
0: goodness. Customizing <laughs> your commitments. <laughs> um life would not have much structure or meaning without joining together with other people to achieve these constructing a life together. Yeah. I did totally not just read that from our script.
1: Not at all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But truly like customizing your commitments and cultivating whatever kind of dynamic you want with the people in your lives. Like it could be it could be anything from, you know, I, I don't know, I, I feel like I've referenced this before, the taco truck. Like some people just want to be, you know, come together and you want to make a taco truck together. Some people mm-hmm. you wanna make a podcast together. <laughs> uh-huh. Like it's it, I don't know, if it, it creates a space for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And this talks about like um, these sorts of things really need a lot of trust and commitment Mm. um, between people in order to work. So um, I think we we probably talked in that first episode about how a lot of people see relationship anarchy or polyamory or whatever these alternate relationship styles are, anything Mm -hmm. outside of monogamy, I think, Mm -hmm. um, as being less commitment. Right.
0: Yes. Oh, that's something that's been circulating the community a lot. And yeah. I oh my goodness. And it's not. I am so committed. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I have right. so
0: much commitment. I'm committed to multiple relationships. How dare you say yeah. I don't have commitment issues. Right. Yeah. And I think um I
1: think that I think that commitment creates a sense of like security and safety mm-hmm. um, and that predictability and consistency that we were also just talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that it it creates a structure that feels safe and supportive mm-hmm. um, and that that is really good for autistic and ADHD folks specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that obviously that's really important for all humans, right? Like a base level of security is the the lowest level of maslow's hierarchy of needs right like we mm-hmm. need to feel safe and secure and that sort of thing mm-hmm. um but i think especially for uh neurodivergent folk late identified again right who have a lot of attack who have the potential for a lot of attachment wounding um, mm-hmm. because growing up in a neurotypical society it has an unidentified uh neurodivergent person is often a traumatizing experience right um having the ability to custom create these relationships that feel good and feel safe and supportive is really important and helpful um, for finding our authentic selves and for living authentically.
0: Mm -hmm, Definitely. And also emphasis on customizing what that looks like to you, Mm -hmm. because I, the commitments i have in my relationships vary yeah in each relationship yes and that security and security looks different in each relationship Mm -hmm. and it's not there's no value judgment on it yeah like there are you know i am a uh, married relationship anarchist mm-hmm. and so uh, unfortunately now under the legal system I cannot marry anyone else you know maybe maybe in uh, you know in my timeline or my my lifetime uh, right. maybe. that will change who knows? Mm-hmm. who knows who knows but like at this point I am not allowed to legally marry anyone else right and so it looks different with my anchor partner than it does with my other partners. Like that's not a possibility. Um, that doesn't mean the commitment is any less. Right. And the commitment to being each other's lives is any less. So it just, it varies and it's okay okay to have that too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think, um, also like, um, to kind of springboard off of some of some of what you said um there's a requirement that you get really honest with what it is that you do need or can offer Mm. within your commitments and your relationships
0: oh definitely yes Mm -hmm. and i
1: think that that's really good for neurodivergent people um who may um may have like varying levels or needs of of, of what they can and can't give within relationships right Mm -hmm. yeah um based on um how how their neurodivergence presents Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and what their sensitivities are in in various areas Mm -hmm. and it gives the space to have a dialogue about that um to be able to ask for accommodation or ask for space or whatever it is that you need within your relationship right it it really opens up the floor for these sorts of like conversations to happen um doesn't just open up the floor but like kind of to to do this successfully um, demands that you have that understanding of self and show up um, authentically and and transparently within relationships.
0: Oh yeah, oh definitely. I mean, I love the idea of commune living and Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to have my commune one day, it's going to happen and I want to live with all the people I love on this beautiful uh, forest (laughs) area. (laughs) But I have one partner who has no desire to co-live cohabitate with other people and so kind of the joke is like he'll have you know he'll have his own uh shipping container (laughs) that he'll come by and hang out and then he'll you know go off (laughs) Yeah,
1: it'll be structurally sound it'll be okay it will
0: be so structurally sound (laughs) we won't stack
1: two on top of each other no no (laughs) okay i'll make sure it works out okay bud
0: Oh my goodness. Um but yeah. Ravenclaw friend. <laughs> Ravenclaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are seen. But no, it's like, and I respect that and I fully support that. And I I love that about him. Yeah. Uh, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and he has been upfront about it. And I yeah. have been upfront with, hey, you know what? you there's always gonna be space always for you. Always space for you. Yep. There's always space for you. It's yep. just when you come by, you come by. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll make sure you feel safe and comfortable. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um and there is a there I do want to make a note. There's a moment here it says it's freeing. Yeah. And I feel like there's such freedom in being able to present what your needs are up front. Yeah. And be like, "Hey, you could either take it or leave it," kind of. And not in like a not in like a mean way, right. but like in a like this is what I can give. This is what I need to be mm-hmm. my best whole self. Mhm. And like, I hope you, I hope you can see all of me.
1: There's empowerment in being able to say, um, this is, this is me, take me or leave me. And like, I'm still a whole person, um, no matter how you kind of respond to how it is that I am.
0: No, definitely. And I think that we could touch upon the concept of conditional love. Yeah. And how relationship, like adult relationships are conditional and conditional yeah and conditional doesn't have morality to it it's just like that's the that's what happens when you become an adult and are autonomous or just in general like relationships are conditional they're uh they're transactional in a sense in a sense and i I don't
1: maybe transactional is not the right word but
0: i see where you're going with it right Mm -hmm. but it is it
1: is it definitely has to be right because conditional and transactional don't have to be are Mutually. not necessarily the same right yeah. so mm-hmm. um i think oh i love you, you got me on semantics you oh my god oh okay. no okay. have i no. done this <laughs> no this is great this is great um no but like conditional means so so to say that uh, an adult relationship would have to be unconditional makes space for abuse yes right? oh say, my gosh like, yes to yes. say that no matter how you treat me i'm gonna love you um yeah, it makes a lot of space for the potential of abuse or yeah. coercion or all kinds of like totally um, manipulation. Yeah, I've seen unhealthy toxic relationship patterns. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. I've definitely seen it used in both the non-monogamous and the monogamous community Absolutely, of yeah. like, oh I love you unconditionally. No, no, no. I love you on the condition that you will either treat me like a human and like your partner, yeah. or I will leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a condition. And that's not a bad condition no those are boundaries right yeah like conditions boundaries
1: like uh one of the conditions of re- of my relationships is that like you need to honor my boundaries yes um for me to uh be in relationship with you right exactly and, and the people who have a difficult time honoring my boundaries um if there is some reason why i uh keep them keep in relationship in relation to them in some way, um, it is with, like, modified um, contact,
0: right? Yes. Oh, definitely. And that's also, like, that's totally fine, too. If yeah. there are certain relationship boundaries that just don't work, like, mm-hmm. you are free to change up and, you know, uh, reevaluate how that connection is. Yeah.
1: I can love you from afar, right? Yes. And- mm-hmm and that doesn't mean that i don't love you any less yeah it just means that in order for me to also love myself and remain healthy Mm -hmm. this is the distance that i need to keep um or like these are the parameters of the relationship that need to be in place in order for us to both be um safe and and healthy and maybe maybe that boundary um if i put that in place with you like you may not like that <laughs> right yeah oh for um, sure and, and sometimes that's unfortunate um and also my obligation is to love myself first
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and yeah um, yeah
0: i am in a relationship with myself first and foremost mm-hmm. and i make that very apparent in all of my relationships like right. i it, when i like given the cho- given the choice i choose me mm-hmm. yeah. and unfortunately i feel like if more people chose themselves that there would be healthier relationship dynamics
1: oh yeah all around yeah yeah and it's unfortunate we are like taught to not choose ourselves to abandon ourselves a lot yeah
0: well especially as neurodivergent humans i feel Mm -hmm. like we are very much taught i just read something the other day we are taught from such a young age that like our needs our needs as you know as quote unquote difficult as they yeah. might come off in childhood like they are still needs right and we were told to abandon them or push them aside and take care of other people's needs more yeah often like yeah. yeah and that's ugh, how can you tell a kid that that's so
1: well i think the worst part is like oftentimes that's not directly told right but it's, it's not like, directly it's told. implied it's, it's and it's implied. what is taught through the responses that people have to
0: us yeah yeah and it's also like it's and i see this in media especially around the holidays oh God. you see this altruism and you see this like but you're doing this for other people and like you should feel good about it it's like uh, but like at whose? yeah <laughs> at what costs mm-hmm. <laughs> like what cost is it that like i push my needs down in order to make other people feel good right Ugh. Ugh, don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Gross.
1: <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. So then that brings us to, I think, the last tenant here that I'd like to talk about. And that is the concept of uh, trust is better, right? And so trust is better really speaks to um, choosing to assume that our partners don't wish us harm, right? Um, and that everyone that we are in relation with um, wants, wants to do good in the relationship. Right.
0: Oh, we're on the we're we're on the same team.
1: Yeah, I say that very frequently. Hey, yeah. We're on the same team here. hmm Right. Um and I think um I think that this is a really great thing for neurodivergent humans and especially ones who are late identified and have kind of grown up in this society with neurotypicals Mm -hmm. um, and receiving um, sometimes negative feedback about the way um, that we communicate, right? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think very specifically, um, you know, we've talked about how neurodivergent people, we often want to understand things. We will ask why a lot, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Um, and sometimes this has been seen by other people as a combative.
0: Yes, yes, um, definitely.
1: A combative um, style of communication or um, that it's manipulative in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the reason why we're asking why is to try to like manipulate the other person's perspective to match our own right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas it, it very often is like a genuine, um, I want to like understand something, I want to understand mm-hmm. the concept so that we can be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's very important to me. I don't want to be misunderstood, or I don't want the, the issue to be misunderstood. Um, and so the remedy to that, I think would be if the other person did give us the benefit of the doubt instead of like, making assumptions around what our motivations are and so um this idea that you know the the relationships we engage in through relationship anarchy or these alternative styles of engaging in relationships um demanding that we have just kind of like a basic level of trust in one another um, is really really good for neurodivergent folk
0: yeah, definitely. And just adds to the secure attachment, that security within the relationship.
1: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then that also gives space for people to um, be present in the relationship and then also space for them to withdraw from the relationship.
0: Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. I feel like we can speak to that in Mm -hmm. particular because over the years we have developed this kind of rapport where sometimes we'll just need to like disappear for a little bit and we need to trust that it wasn't anything negative or anything bad that we did like we just needed some space and we i know for me and my attachment styles Mm -hmm. i had to put a lot of trust in like okay Teresa still loves me yeah (laughs) i haven't ruined this relationship like she will come back when she is willing and able Mm -hmm. and i will be here and that's okay
1: yeah absolutely and and like that's the same for me because you have periods of time also Mm -hmm. where you know you get overwhelmed with something or you've just got something going on and Mm -hmm. you know the the energy exchange has to be flexible right yes Um, Mm -hmm. especially for neurodivergent people um you know part of Neurodivergence is being sensitive um, in in lots and lots of different ways, and you know there are a lot of different ways that we need to be able to take rest um, mm-hmm. in order to care for ourselves. And um, I think that that applies, of course, to all humans. Um, but I think that neurodivergent humans who are extra sensitive, right? Um, like there has been research done really recently that shows um like neurologically we are more sensitive.
0: Yeah, um, I think I've seen it too yeah. circling around. That's mm-hmm. fascinating. It is Ugh. super
1: fascinating. I'd love Ugh. to talk about it a little bit more in depth um, on a later episode. Um but yeah, they're they're starting to do more research and, and finding these ways um, that like biologically supports our sensitivities and so it's not that we are overreacting or being you know dramatic in our yeah. responses to things like this is that this is our real lived experience is that things feel intense sometimes yeah,
0: the the world comes at us hard and fast <laughs> yeah yeah and i and i
1: and I. I i've said it before i'll say it again i'm sure until i'm like blue in the face that i firmly believe that a lot of people are identifying themselves now because the pandemic broke us yeah and we reached this limit we got over our capacity and um and now we're having to go back to the drawing board and really from a foundational level learn how to support ourselves and what our support needs actually are and how to fulfill those um, from a really basic level. And so part of one of our needs for rest um, is probably going to be in social arenas, right? We need to be able to have space to take time for ourselves um, because, I mean, I I think a lot of autistic people might identify themselves um, historically as introverts, and even if they don't, um, they have found um, value in periods of solitude or periods of like time alone, right? Like, I know I personally have historically identified as an introvert. Kay, historically has identified as an extrovert, and so we have a little bit of different um, uh, perspectives on on this historically. But I also know that Kay, you have found kind of since the pandemic has happened, um, a lot more value in in time alone too.
0: Oh, oh, definitely. Like I have definitely found so much like happiness and solitude and mm-hmm. enjoying my own company and i realized and that's something i wanted to say um how you you mentioned the or you stand by the like the pandemic broke us mm-hmm. and i feel like for me on the other side of that is the pandemic allowed me the quiet time to mm-hmm. realize the kind of human i can be in the quiet yeah and i genuinely found that i enjoy Myself mm-hmm. <laughs> and my own uh, my own uh, solitude and um, not having the societal pressures of go, 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 like hu- that hustle mentality mm-hmm. and that like yeah. I need to be this social butterfly and I need to constantly be in people's lives because, you know, my neurodivergence says out of sight, out of mind. And it's okay to be alone for a bit mm-hmm. and to recharge and to enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: I and I think um, you know that reminds me of this concept too of like um, the bigger the breaking, the the bigger the opportunity for growth. Mm. Um, And and I also want to speak to like there's a privilege in being able to say that. Um, Oh, definitely, there's a privilege to being able to. to learn um, and grow from from trauma um, because in order to do that, you have to be able to create an environment where you are supported and safe and that is not accessible to a lot of people in our society. And so mm-hmm. I just want to speak too. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm very grateful that I have the opportunity to do that. And um, part of the reason why I do what I do professionally is so that I can try to help other people find that safety and security to do Mm -hmm. their own, um, growth in that way too. Um, but yeah, so, so we, (laughs) some of us had real big breaks, Mm -hmm. um, and to be able to, to use that as an opportunity for growth, to meet yourself in the darkness, Mm -hmm. um, in the solitude and the silence and, um, transmute that into growth, um, is a really beautiful thing. And, and so I think that a lot of us have done that work and are finding um, that our needs within relationships are different than what we thought they were, Mm -hmm. right? And part of having compassion for ourselves um, is giving ourselves permission to ask for those needs to be met within relationships and some of that is going to be the opportunity to withdraw um, and then come back together and be able to have that understanding with each other um, and have that base security of trust that Mm -hmm. um that that person is going to come back that it's going to be okay yeah
0: yeah and uh, one uh one way that i have like really quickly one way that has really helped me um in that trust is realizing that like the people in my life who have expressed love to me that live in the love that we've created like they carry me with them always and Mm -hmm. i carry them with me yeah always and it's Mm -hmm. not it's not out of sight out of mind it's not you know like uh you get pushed down in the back burner it's just
1: you're always with me yeah yeah and trusting that they're gonna like remember you you're not gonna be forgotten
0: exactly (laughs) exactly
1: yeah and I think um I think a lot of us neurodivergent folk we have that wounding of yes um, Being left out, right? And being left out. Having that difficulty in like socializing and
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. being left out. And also uh, growing up in a society that viewed us as possibly too much Mm -hmm. so that they would look for less in someone. And I stand by it. I will say this until (laughs) I am in the ground, but I much rather have someone that is too much than not enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely absolutely like show me your show me your all
0: yes (laughs) yes (laughs) everything give it to me i want to see it all and i will help i will manage it on my end (laughs) yeah Uh but please never dim yourself for anyone
1: yeah never dim yourself for anyone absolutely and like i don't know give yourself permission to be yeah it's super freeing
0: yeah and it's fucking fun like just be loud and 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 messy and uh, come on, what else? What else is there in life to be? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and then
1: like sit back and have gratitude for the life that you've created for yourself yeah. because it's really beautiful.
0: Mm, I don't Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I think that that uh, I think that like kind of covers what I wanted to talk about around yeah relationships and neurodivergence. Yeah. For today. Ah. um as a reminder we are going to be launching an unmasking workshop in the month of january yes um, <laughs> we are also going to be um we're going to be launching a patreon um, starting a newsletter so please keep an eye out in our instagram for um, information around that
0: yeah give us your information we'll send you things yeah
1: absolutely um there's gonna be an opportunity to sign up for our newsletter um so you can keep up to date with our offerings and um and yeah uh keep an eye out for our patreon that will be coming very soon yay Awesome. We look forward to, um, being able to like create some platforms where we can have some dialogue with you. Um, and yeah, um, going to be offering, uh, some really exciting services, um, like individually and in group settings pretty soon. So yeah, keep it, keep an eye out for those things.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Awesome. All right. Um, thank you as always for listening. We appreciate your love and your support
0: and, uh, until next time explorers. We'll see you then. Thanks for joining us on this episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate us on whatever app you're listening from and follow us on Instagram at Our Diverse Universe.
1: If you have questions, suggestions, or feedback, email us at exploreouruniverse at gmail.com. Until next time, explorers.
0: We'll see you then.